I don't know. Are we good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it's so delayed. I have no idea what's happening. But uh, yeah, it's a good start to a good episode. At least I hope so. Um, anyways, it's talking rock in the basement. You guys hopefully know what you're listening to. We have uh, Jones back on his uh, long hiatus from uh, puppy training. His new doggy. What's the uh, what's the latest with you, Jones? Fucks up, people. Uh, <laughs> glad to be back. Uh, you know. Just been taking care of three dogs, enjoying the time off of work, and uh, relaxing. Yeah. Not really relaxing. No downtime. It's all busy. <laughs> Just uh, living on the patio, though. That's what I like to see. It, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a real residency out here. There's, yeah, there's, you know? nothing like, there's nothing like living with three dogs. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're uh, real cute pups. Love all of them. But we uh, welcome you guys to another episode. It's uh, was it Saturday, April 25th. As always, I'm Tom. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And I'm Jones. <laughs> Always with the delay, but I'm just glad you're uh, you're here. But um, we got another quarantine episode. You know, we're all separated. I'm in the next to the kitchen where Lexi's hard at work. Um, we, we just talked about Jones on his patio. Anywhere new? You guys are still in the same place, Chris and Ben. Uh, I'm uh, in a different room. This is oh. the third room I have been in, but. Uh, it's all based off internet connection, so we'll see. Well, so far, it's been good, Chris. Um, ben, you're, ben, you're in the, the Master Basin Station. What? <laughs> <laughs> if you mean the kitchen, then yes. I, that is exactly I mean, what I meant. That's not my go-to spot, but... Uh, hey, mate, you gotta do. Yeah, you, yeah, you, do, you do what you gotta do, that's for sure. Um we appreciate everybody being here we do for another episode um chris i think i hear something in the distance chris you're gonna have to say all of that again i didn't hear anything you were saying he said i I saw something coming in the distance and i got i got dropped off a letter as a writer oh Oh, the pony express Express. Uh, this one comes from big d from ohio big d and he asks us, uh, what cover song did you hear at a concert that was amazing? Um, he said um, that he heard John Mayer play Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. It sounded so amazing that he actually inspired me to listen to uh, John Mayer's live album from uh, Los Angeles. And he recorded in 2007. So I listened to that all day today and it was a phenomenal album really the free the free fallen uh cover of tom petty and um yeah all the songs are great on it yeah that's a man jones what, what were you saying <laughs> <laughs> that's a man that can really shred that's what i'm saying i uh i love john mayer the live album is great and uh I think that's a great question and answer. Sitting on the dock of the bay is phenomenal. Always puts me in a certain place when I hear that song, and it's very relaxing and calm. You know, John Mayer knows how to relax the people, make them calm, make certain parts of them wet um, at certain times. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, he, he gets you there. Say um, it, don't spray it. I'm yeah. feeling it a little bit. Um, but we appreciate Big D uh, writing in. Um, he well we didn't actually get to write to us this week. We got Big D, so we appreciated him. It's appreciate uh, the change up. But um, I actually had to think about this question for for a little bit of time. Um, there's been so many concerts that there's so many good covers, so many good bands. Um, but one of them that I thought of was well, actually Lexi thought of when we saw Peter Frampton. He played uh, Black Hole Sun, you know, Soundgarden and Chris oh. Cornell, and he sounded phenomenal. It was a really great sound. Um, but I have to say, my favorite. Is when we all saw uh, Guns N' Roses and they played uh, Live and Let Die. And I appreciate that even later when I actually saw Paul McCartney uh, last summer and how the spectacle just gets out of hand with the fireworks when you see that one and how Guns N' Roses really did it justice. So I really appreciated uh, seeing Guns N' Roses play Live and Let Die. Yeah, that's a good one. Who's next? Uh I, I, yeah, I had to do some real thinking. I first of all, I had to think about like what concerts I went to, and then try to remember what they played. But I actually texted some friends who I'd been to concerts with, and they sent me a video. We went to a yellow card concert, like oh, spur moment. It was free tickets, <laughs> and they, uh, 
they played The Pretender by uh, Foo Fighters, and it was uh, shockingly good. Um, and they got the crowd pretty hyped up. And um, But yeah, I mean, that was, that's probably the best cover I've seen in a concert. By Yellow Card? Yeah, shockingly enough. <laughs> I got to check out this video, Chris, to see what all the hubbub's about. <laughs> no, you'll never see it. Oh, never mind. Uh, ben, what's the latest? What what what, do you, what, what say you? Uh, I was trying to remember if I heard any covers at any of the concerts that I've been to, and I would have to say no on that one. None that were memorable. Yeah. Do did Red uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Do they play any covers, Jones? When we ever when we the two times we saw them. No, they're not really into covers. I mean, they play jams. They they jam yeah. out and stuff, so they don't really play a lot of covers. Like, the only one that I was thinking was maybe questionable was uh, Third Eye Blind, but that was a long time ago, and they would have played it really crappily anyway. So, <laughs> I was like, nah. Or Third Eye Blind. Um, well, no. are there any covers? I don't want to put you in the spot, but are there any covers that you do like that come to mind that you uh, appreciate, not just seeing them in concert? Well... I do like Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. Yes. Uh, but we can talk about that one later because I don't want to, you know, usurp Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he's going to be all right. Um, that is a great, great song. We can talk about that a little bit further. Um, well, we appreciate, again, Big D for writing in to us. Um, you guys want to end up in the fan mail segment of uh, Talking Rock in the Basement. You can always... Uh, Email us at TalkinRockBasement at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash basement. Big D knows it. He all knows it. Who else knows it? Come on. We got we need more people writing to us so we can have we a... Got, yeah, we got a Blaine. Yeah, oh yeah, Blaine. New York us. City. Yeah. <laughs> all from New York City writing to us. It was pretty cool. Can I answer but, uh, a question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jones, go ahead. Yeah, you didn't realize... <laughs> <laughs> we, we're... We have four people here. It's a bit chaotic. Yeah. Um, it's amateur a hour. Jones, uh, uh, speak your piece. Yeah, so uh, I love the Live and Let Die. Um, I remember the first time I saw Live and Let Die when GNR played it, and I was uh, probably like 15 feet from the stage, man. I, uh, I could really feel that fire, so they really do that song justice. I like that a lot. And um, I... I heard "Take It," uh, "Take Me to the River" by the uh, Talking Heads when we were in Vail. Uh, it was just a random group at a bar called the Shakedown in Vail, and they were phenomenal. I really liked how funky they were, and uh, it, it was really enjoyable to hear them play that. And they they made it their own. They extended it, and they you know drew out the bridge, and uh, I really liked that. I thought it was a nice take on that song. And then. Um, uh, my favorite cover, though, is without a doubt, Knocking on Heaven's Door by GNR. I like uh, Eric Clapton's version. Uh, I think he does a really good job on it. It's very soulful, but I really like what Axel and Slash do to that song. It's bluesy, and I mean, it's very in your face, especially once they get the chorus involved, and I like that a lot. I agree with that. I'm a big fan of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, I love the Bob Dylan version. I love, especially love the Eric Clapton version and the Guns N' Roses version, um, which just kind of reminded me because um, Tom Petty doesn't really have a recording out there that's that uh, no has that much notoriety of him playing uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. But when I actually saw him with Mud Crutch in the summer of uh, 2016, kind of as like kind of an encore thing, they played knocking on heaven's door and i thought it was super cool they changed the lyrics up a little bit different oh yeah kind of make it their own <clears throat> yeah so it was really cool seeing uh tom petty singing knocking on heaven's door so that was uh you got me thinking jones so that was i really like knocking on heaven's door that's good um how do they play did they play it more bluesy or like rock they, style they played it more similar to bob dylan's version because mud crutch is kind of like the kind of the country version of yeah. tom petty kind of a more yeah. southern country rock kind of um but it was really good nonetheless because you had mike campbell wailing ben montage playing the keys yeah you can't beat it Dude, once you feel like you're in a song that's the best part we were inside it it was uh, nothing better than that <laughs> nothing better than being inside that's uh true words but um it's actually, it's actually pretty cool that big d wrote us this question of 
these cover songs that we uh, that we enjoyed so much at concerts because that was our topic we were going to talk about like what cover songs did we like so much to basically talk about in a group setting and see what you guys are thinking so it's I don't know if he's he's got the place bugged or our phones bugged or something but he knows what's going on more than uh than we do so it's pretty he's impressive pulling strings at his, yeah pulling strings at his department eh yeah, he is. We will say he's a police officer, so he's uh, he's got the connections. Um, but I was saying we because we talked about this topic the other day, Chris and Ben. I think in the whole our whole group text, um, we talk about songs that kind of never really get covered or just are not covered well. And we were talking about like Prince songs, like Purple Rain, and then that reminded us of our experience of when we saw an individual attempt to karaoke Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you want to discuss that any further, Chris. Uh, yeah, we were in New York City. We were at this dingy, dirty, damp bar. Triple uh, D's. Yeah, it was it was no good. It was also dark as hell. Um, but yeah, so uh, to, like Tom and I, like, I don't know how drunk Ben was, but Tom and I, I think we're hammered. And, yeah, we're, we're feeling it. So we were gonna actually, um, we could, we we maybe wanted to go up there and and do uh a Tom Petty song, The Waiting. Um, but Tom didn't was too scared because he didn't know the lyrics, and then he tried to look them up on his phone. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I was standing there, like, <laughs> in shock with this Purple Rain that's going on. <laughs> and then here off to the side, these two idiots, like, <laughs> snapping and clapping, like, trying to sing some Tom Petty lyrics. And they're like, oh, no, you guys aren't thinking about doing that, are you? But... <laughs> I've never seen somebody mumble their way through a through a song, let alone a print <laughs> song. Horrible. But but for us, inevitably, waiting was the hardest part because we didn't feel like <laughs> waiting that long to have to go up in front of everybody. So we we uh, got the hell out of there. Yeah, we said yeah, we said let's fuck this place. Let's go. Oh, I don't remember that vulgar of language being used, Chris. But I it may ha- it may have been. Are you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but what do you I, this had a question because um, I've had a personal karaoke experience where I tried to sing Bon Jovi <laughs> that, that was I don't know if it was as bad as this guy trying to do Purple Rain but it was bad because there was a lot of yelling and I don't have the vocals or the chops or any talent whatsoever to uh, constitute myself to sing a Bon Jovi song but I was trying to think what what bands or what songs are actually good to actually sing karaoke with uh... <laughs> I, I think you got to keep it simple. I, I think uh, you could cover Bob Seger. People that don't have an amazing voice, because if you cover somebody that has a really good voice, you don't realize it, but their range is all over the place, especially in the chorus and especially extended choruses where they repeat that you know lyric three or four times. I mean, it's going to be real hard to do yeah. that. Like. Bon jo- like Bon Jovi, don't ever do it. It's gonna wear you out. Uh, Billy, I learned Idol, the hard way. Don't do it. Don't do Billy Idol either. That'll wear you out. <laughs> yeah, like the most popular karaoke song like for the past couple of years is Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I would <laughs> never. Any singer or frontman that you could ever think of that is really good, I probably would stay away from that. I would stay to the you know your. Uh, top 80 songs that everybody knows that wants to sing along to that are easy to sing that you know they really don't have a lot of musical talent they just came up with a song because if you try to sing a band such as uh, like a bad company a led zeppelin or aerosmith anything like that you're gonna get burned pretty bad and never do hip-hop or rap like (laughs) that sounds bad when they do it in the first place but you trying to do it sounds even worse yeah, that's real. You got to do stuff like Smash Mouth, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You also, also got to look at, like, if you are seriously doing, like, karaoke, you got to look like, the crowd. Like, do you have friends there? Is it a bunch of strangers? Are they, like, do they look like they're having a good time or not? Like, are they going to join in and help you out? Or uh, No. Because I think, contrary to uh, Ben's statement, I did karaoke at a house party. <laughs> but I did, um, I did an Eminem song. I did Lose Yourself. And, and that was really fun because everybody joined in. And, and at the end, I wasn't the only one doing it. But um, Dude, watch out for that spaghetti. Thanks thanks for the invite, Chris. Got to get a good vibe. 
You hear me? I said thanks for the yeah. invite. I did. Yeah, that's true. If everyone's singing it, you can't hear anything, so it doesn't matter anyways, you know? And, yeah, that's real. When everyone's just having a good time. Everybody was eating spaghetti. <laughs> and knees a week. Something is sweaty. I don't know. Um, I like to see Eagle, Eagles. Tom Petty, I feel like, be, made some Eagles songs. Uh, but I feel like Tom Petty's good karaoke as well. Yeah, I feel like you could do Tom Petty or uh, maybe Take It Easy or... Um, something like that. Something simple. Yeah. yeah Maybe even Lion Eyes. Oh, a lot of lyrics on that one. Yeah, be on that stage for 10 minutes. Yeah, you got to know the words. I happen to do. Oh, we got one, luckily. Oh. Um, all right. But uh, kind of like segueing into like actually talented people singing songs. Um, a cover that I really enjoyed. Um, I think I sent it to you guys maybe like a few months ago. I know I sent it to Heatwall, uh, but it's the uh, the cover of "I'm on Fire" by Whitey Morgan in the '78s. You guys remember that oh, one? That's a good one, Tommy. Oh, I like that yeah. song a lot. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it, you know, Whitey Morgan in the '78s, like a country band. They're from Michigan, like this like outlaw country. Um, and this song was actually on their 2008 album called "Honky Tonks and Cheap Motels." So if that doesn't tell you what this band is all about, then I don't think anything will. Um, but I really enjoyed hearing like a Bruce Springsteen like country version of his song. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's great to relax to. It's even great to party and just chill. I mean, it's I love dr- driving down the road listening to it. It's uh, you're, if you're on your patio vaping, <laughs> puffing fat clouds. It's uh, it couldn't be a better time. Windows down, wind in your hair, Tom. Driving way too fast on the George w, GW Parkway, yeah. lose control. It's great for that too. <laughs> no good. Um, but yeah, no, I, like just like covers in general. I feel like it's pretty. It's it's an interesting topic. It's kind of an interesting territory, especially as an artist. It's, it's um, you know, what is that? Feel? Uh, will they like it? Will they not? And I feel that. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we hear everything you're doing, Jones. You're moving like, <laughs> moves left ass cheek. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel that nowadays, and you know, I'm sure I'll get torn up about this, but I feel like nowadays people are doing covers in order to impress the original artist. Where I feel as back in the day, um, they were doing it. More so just as an artist. They're like, I really like the song, I like the feel, but let me put my own twist on it or let me see what I can do with it. Um, but, you know, it's still out of respect for the artist, not saying I'm going to do it better or anything like that. Uh, but I feel like nowadays it's like, you know, I'm going to try to shock everybody with this cover and it just comes out, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's just another cover. Couldn't have put it better myself, Chris. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. A lot too. Um, I think a successful cover um, sounds different enough that you know it meant something to the artist who was, uh, you know, performing the cover, um, as opposed to oh that sounds the same, uh, but it sounds really good, you know. That's like a, uh, yeah. What are you saying, Ben? Like we were talking about earlier, um, like uh, Guns and Roses, you know, how theirs has a completely different sound. As opposed to um, who else covers that one? Uh, what what "Live and Let Die" you have Paul McCartney yeah, and Wings. Paul McCartney, uh, and even even "Knocking on Heaven's Door" it's way different than Bob Dylan's version. Yeah, like um, they, they kind of own the song, um, not not the song, but you know that that style of it. Well, it's cool because they do so different and do such a good job. They make Guns N' Roses uh, fans who are the most ridiculous fans out there. They make <laughs> them only like the cover versions. In some, in some instances, and they, they sometimes won't even listen to the original, such as uh, Jones with Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah, fuck Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you made a good point, Ben, about like covers sounding differently, because um, that reminded me of Weezer's. They had like a cover album with all these different hey. covers they did they, that came out a, a year or so ago, and the covers yeah. sound exactly like the original, and that's I don't like that at all. It's got to be different, you know? yeah. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like the punk goes pop sh- uh, nonsense and all that stuff. Uh, their cover of Africa is pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. I like. I like uh, covers for multiple reasons. I like 
when they are good and unique and different. And then I like when they make the original popular again, such yeah. as Africa with uh, Toto. And, uh, you know, Weezer covered it. They did a phenomenal job. They, they changed it up slightly, but not enough to really know the difference unless you know music. But I, I really like that. I, I like the fact that they pay homage to a previous band and, you know, you could you know, enjoy both because there's something unique and different about, you know, uh, multiple songs like that. So, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I get what everybody was saying on the, you know, fact that, Dude, there's some shitty covers out there. And uh, not only that, but, I mean, the reason why people do covers now has changed in the fact that they're not trying to make the artists happy or, you know, uh, pay homage to them. They're trying to get, a, uh, you know, money. And that's what everything's based around. So I, I feel like, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I mean, there's some really good stuff and there's some really bad stuff. It's kind of, you know, unique to what everybody likes and what they want to hear. Yeah, and that, that like, kind of brings, like, thinking about that kind of, like, makes me think about, like, uh, what we talked about, I think, a couple episodes ago. But Post Malone covering Santeria, that video, he, like, the biggest thing I took away from it is it just looks like he's having so much fun doing it, which I, I feel is really important. Um, yeah, that's key. Uh, he looks like he's having fun. He looks like he's having a good time. Um, and it looks like he enjoys what's happening, which is um, which is pretty cool. No, it's good you brought up uh, you brought up Post Malone. If you're uh, up to date with what's going on, kind of musically, um, you know everybody is kind of doing their concerts uh, over Zoom or over Skype. You know they're doing it virtually, kind of like how we're doing right now. Um, we just had a special yesterday that actually Jones uh, let me know what was going on. Um, he was doing Post Malone was doing a like virtual Nirvana tribute concert, kind of like fundraise. Well, t in order to fundraise the uh, World Health Organization, you know, against this fight of COVID-19. But um, I actually got to listen to it and he, he sounded really good. I really liked the way he sound sounded. And you had uh, Travis Barker on the drums, which, you know, we were, we're a big fan of. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And again, that was it only ties in further of how we just happen to be talking about covers and then this happened, this kind of just falls into yeah. our lap. So it was the, kind of the most ideal uh, topic for us this week, really. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Travis Parker's been actually doing, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, Travis Parker's actually been doing a, a lot uh, with a bunch of different artists as far as like covering different songs. Uh, I think he's done, I think like 10 right now. And it's just like, fun stuff just have fun with it like he did like like misery business by paramore he did like some pop stuff as well but um he teamed up with uh like a, a couple different artists and um you know they're just sending links around and and having fun with it which is cool but yeah that's really that, he, that he did it with uh, post malone did you guys i know jones checked it out i want to hear what you think jones but were you able to check it out at all chris no not yet i'll have to do it after but uh we'll definitely check it out yeah, I, you may. This might be the first time you heard about it, Ben. Is this true? No. Oh, but I did. Did you check I, it out? I've been working. I've been busy. That's why <laughs> no, I couldn't yeah, do it, it until it, five. Call me the working man. It was no. It was no harp on you, Ben. I was just, uh, I guess, harping on you. Tom, you lay off. Right. Uh, but I was gonna say about Post Malone with the covers that he's been doing recently that we've been talking about. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's happy doing them, and he's doing them. Uh, very genuinely because uh, he's a similar age to us. And so that those are songs that he probably grew up singing, you know, mm. practicing with and like to be able to sing those professionally and sound good. Um, it's, you know, it's probably not necessarily a dream come true, but it's a childhood dream that he was, you know, that he's living out now. So that's, that's part of the reason why I think they're so successful and um, they, they're good. You know? Yeah. That's a real good point then. No, it, it's it's really cool um, as well. I know we're not big Courtney Love fans here. Uh, we have a fan out there who is a huge Courtney Love fan, uh, Bobby T. Yeah. Um, but she actually <laughs> commented saying she had to give like permission for him to do this, and she was all about it and saying how cool this was. So she was saying a lot of positive stuff. I mean, she's only getting money from it. Uh, Obviously, yeah. Variety. She's Courtney. She's Courtney Love. She's a you know a hot mess. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty cool because you have all these. Uh, big stars kind of commenting like Chris Navaselic, the bassist from Nirvana, was commenting on it, saying how cool it was, and the guy the guy was killing it on the bass. But uh, Jones, what do you what do you think of the Post Malone uh, tribute uh, virtual concert? 
Yeah, so uh, going back to what you were saying about Santorina, Santeria, um, I mean, I I didn't know what to expect going into it, but I knew if he was able to sing the way he sang on Santeria, which I didn't know he had that in his repertoire, yeah. I knew it would probably have the potential to be good, and he was phenomenal on Santeria. And uh, so I listened to it, you know, I skimmed through uh, some of it last night, and uh, I thought it was really good based upon the fact that they said they uh, had rehearsed it for two days, and then they felt good about going through with it. And, uh, I mean, everybody looked like they were having fun. He knew all the words. They were playing some deep cuts, which I really liked. I didn't want to hear a whole bunch of stuff that I always hear on the radio, and I didn't, so I enjoyed that. It was It was a nice touch on... Uh, Nirvana songs that we always really enjoy. And he has, uh, who would have ever thought, but that man has a little bit of aggression in his voice, which I like. That's what you have to have. Yeah. But the thing that always is missing in anybody that covers any grunge music is that um, that it's a, it's a certain unique quality you got to have in your voice that uh, nobody that covers it is going to have. And it's a, uh, uh, it's hard to put it into words, but it's almost like, uh, oh no, it's, uh, it's a lonely state. It's, uh, coming from a place of like us against the world. And it's like, uh, a, a, a deep place. It's dark. And none of these other people that cover that are going to have it because they're not, they're happy to be covering, you know, uh, their favorite band or a favorite song or somebody that they like song and if if you don't have if you don't come from that dark you know deep place then you're just not going to have that aggression or that ability to go you know from those ranges but uh i mean in all honesty i, I like what post malone did I, I like the sound and uh it was good to see them do something yeah i was really glad to see it as well making uh always like nirvana being more popular than ever uh, I mean, they're not yeah. that they have any issue with that. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you might say a singer like has to be hurt. You got to have some sort of internal issues maybe to make these sounds or the these uh, covers of these grunge songs sound so great, like the uh, the originals so, know, that they had. So <clears throat> I got a little something uh, when I was doing research for this. Um, I, I ran across an article uh, by the Rolling Stones about uh, bad covers. Um, so speaking of Nirvana, um, you know, one of their most famous uh, songs, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Who do you think would be the worst person to cover that one? Avril Lavigne. Ooh, that's, that's good. She might, be, she might um, do, do it justice, though. She, she may. Miley Cyrus covered this song in 2011. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, man. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, that could be bad. Yeah. That that was what they listed as number one, the oh. worst, uh, the, their worst cover. Poor Miley. That's Man. one you wouldn't want to hear. Yeah, that uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so let me write this down. I check it out later. See how uh, bad it really is. Yeah, man. Yeah, Miley. Yeah, Miley's done a lot of covers. She did. Uh, she did a tribute to Tom Petty. She did Wildflowers with her dad. That that actually wasn't half bad. And then she also did Jolene, which was real. Yeah. I thought really good. She did a really yeah. good job with Jolene. I was just about to bring that up if you did not, Chris. So you stole my thunder. Give oh, it back. Shit. All day, every day. You ain't getting give, it back. You ain't Tommy, back. you go ahead with your piece on Jolene, and then I'll say my piece. <laughs> it's great. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't have anything more to say, but I will say more. I know I love the song. Um, we've been talking about community a lot of TV show that we're obsessed with, and Jones it does not like it at all. And then... In their latest season, they had a uh, joke where it's called Gay Dean. Which yeah. So they're singing the song Gay Dean with it. And I think that was the best joke of the, their final season. Yeah. That always reminds me of Jolene. And every time I think of, because I like the Miley Cyrus version that much, every time I think of uh, Dolly Parton's, I always think of Miley Cyrus's version as well, because I honestly like them both pretty much equally. Yeah, those are good versions. Yeah, that's she, good. Uh, you know, you got to pay respect to Dolly Parton because she's the original. Uh, my favorite version of that song is Zach Brown Band's. I love that, you know, song. It's yeah. uh, it well, that's a different from... song. No, it's not. It's Jolene, but they don't. It they don't. It's not the same song. It's the same name, but it's not the same song. You sure about that? Yeah. 
please, please hold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the original song, right. the original song of Jolene. Do you know the movie The Town? Oh the, yeah, the no. It's credit just... of the town is that original Jolene, but that Zach Brown band does cover Jolene. But it's Chris. Are you looking up who sings the original Jolene, not the Dolly Parton version? You're uh, a tech guy. I was, thinking, I was looking up the Zach Brown band lyrics. So it is not, but let me look up. Well, damn. <laughs> I didn't mean to dunk on you, Jones. No, I fucking. Ball sack in the face, <laughs> like the like the, the Joe Exotic and the Travis memes. Have you seen that the pit oh, bull with the balls the in the face? Yeah, the worst. Yeah, no, you got me. Who did it before Dolly Parton? I don't know when that one came out, but um, that's, that's some tough stuff. Ben, what do you what do you say about all this controversy that's going on right now on Talking Rock in the Basement without the basement? Interesting stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. This ain't rehearsed, folks. This is live. This is all going to be edited out. Don't worry. <laughs> live recorded. I don't know how to edit. Could be fixed. I, um, yeah, I, I thought they were the same. I guess I uh, got to give it another listen. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of this, Jones. All right, moving on. <laughs> so an- another bad cover that I saw on this list was a uh, limp biscuit covered behind blue eyes, which is a who song. Oh in yeah. 2003. Yeah. That's good. Who song. Uh, I don't know what limp biscuits doing covering it, but I mean, again, I, I haven't actually listened to that one. So I don't want I don't want to judge it too harshly just because we, oh, we know of limp biscuit. Yeah. I know about it. Uh, for me, Fred Durst is no Roger Daltrey. So <laughs> that is a no go for me. And I did not, I never liked that cover. Yeah. It was not great. I listened to it. It was it was not great. <laughs> I couldn't whenever I heard it on the radio cuz it was popular for a while, I, I couldn't change the station quick enough. <laughs> and you got some pretty quick fingers too, Jones. Shabby little fingers, that's right. Yeah, just a little stubby. <laughs> <laughs> if the button didn't work, <laughs> the radio was getting punched. <laughs> well, if you, if you go into Jones's if you go into Jones's vehicle now, you can see where he like pushes his buttons <laughs> too hard. Where the like, oh, it's worn out. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and like the screen looks like it's been like hit. Are there any time. fist marks? There's a lot of dirty <laughs> fist marks all over there. That's yeah, dog hair everywhere. Of course. Well, three pups now. So oh, oh reliable though. That's right. Yeah, the old silver bullet. So when are you gonna get your next Nissan Altima, Jones? I'm in no place to be on the market to get a vehicle. <laughs> I'm riding um, that thing till the wheels fall off. I, I heard, Jones, when you wake up in the morning and you're going to go buy a new car, you're giddy to go to the dealership to try to, like, screw over <laughs> these uh, dealerships. Nothing makes me happier to know that I'm about to own somebody. <laughs> like, at uh, no yeah. point are they in control at all. I'm in complete control, and they don't know what they're dealing with. So like, nothing less. Yeah, you basically walk in and be like, yeah, this is my dealership now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I like it. I'm, uh, I'm very jealous. I'm the exact opposite. I'm uh, trembling in my little boots. <laughs> Here's my checkbook. All right, write yourself a check. That's why I bring Lexi. Lexi plays hardball. I'm like, uh, d- deal with her. And she gets me, she saves me all the money. Yeah, well, you got to do, do. At a restaurant, too. You're like, Chris, what are you going to get? And I'll order. And you'll be like, I'll have the same thing. I'll have one of those. Yeah, just a big old copycat. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what else you got, Ben? Uh, you want more bad covers? I want, I want more. I want them all. So, number three, um, Madonna did a American Pie cover. Mm. I don't know uh, if you guys uh, have heard that. Uh, um, I'm blanking. Chris is thinking while he drifts off into oblivion too far I'm, away from the microphone. I'm, 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 I'm blanking on... Um, oh, I, I had a thought and I lost it. It's no good. That's yeah, nothing new there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I, I actually, gone in the wind. <laughs> I vaguely remember this one coming out. It was Dated, in 2000. Yes, because um, I remember, I think, uh, maybe somebody made fun of it. Some cartoon, like Family Guy or something made fun of it. Yeah. Um, that's it. all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, 
Next one, uh, Jones will like this one. Uh, Cheryl Crow did uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Oh. <laughs> that leads me. I was actually meant to say this earlier. I wanted to talk about how the only good Guns N' Roses songs are the ones that are covered. I know Jones really appreciate that. You're an idiot. If we were together, I would choke you with both hands right now. Thank the Lord we're on Skype to save me. Uh, well, whenever we're at like a bar or something, and they play "Sweet Child of Mine," you know, it's, it's not yeah, best it's, to be around Jones. It's it's never good. I mean, that's one that you don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, never good to be around Jones. I'll give you that. We were at uh, we were at Whitlow's the, the four of us, and then there was that like reggae band that started playing, and Jones is like. Hey, we're leaving. <laughs> we were out. Yeah. Jones this is not the reggae guy. Yeah. Um, another one. Uh, this one was performed at the 2000 MTV Awards. Uh, Britney Spears performed Satisfaction. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, well, I, I watched it and I related to the song. I couldn't get any satis- satisfaction from it. So. No, no. Not at all. How'd she even do that? Well, I mean, you, you, you first you look up the lyrics, Chris. Uh-huh. Maybe go to Google, and then you, you're going to want to memorize them. Get a, step get, two. Uh, look up a couple chords, and then you're basically set. But, like, that song, oh, man, that's, yeah, that song has a feel to it that you just can't replicate. Well, well any, any Rolling Stones songs, this reminds me of the, uh, the article that I actually meant to preface this whole episode with. Um, talking about the ultimate classic rock uh, article, you know, like the you can get your latest rock and roll sports and news updates from there. But they came out with an article of the 50 Rolling Stone songs that have been covered by other bands. And they talked about like Linda Rodstad playing Tumbling Dice, which is actually not too bad. And uh, I sh- I sent it to Jones, but the uh, Guns N' Roses covering Jumpin' Jack Flash, and it is actually not very good. And then so Jones and I further talked about um, we only want Rolling Stones to be singing Rolling Stone songs. Uh, yeah. yeah, I could. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I mean, the Rolling Stones are an entity in themselves, and they're probably, I would say, if not the greatest rock group of all time in the top three, you know, conversation. So, anybody who tries to do justice to their songs is going to come up short because when you have Mick and Keith and Ronnie and Charlie. I mean, those guys are a real band, and I mean, there's nothing you're going to do to, you know, superset that. I don't care what you do. I don't care how good your voice is, and that's why real bands don't try to cover, you know, Rolling Stone songs and make a real song out of it because you're just not going to do it justice. So, uh, so for our next band practice, we're going to do Rolling Stone songs, guys. Only satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work on it because I can sing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought jo- Jones was our singer. Yeah, well, I was doing the joke that only like one person in our audience would know uh, from the Eagles documentary. How Glenn Fry got his start. He walked up to this band, even in high school, and asked him if they could sing, if they could play Satisfaction because he could sing it. He says it like aggressive like that because he's, he's, he's got like Glenn Fry and he's the band. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was drinking Budweiser that night and I went up to the band and I go, you know, Satisfaction. Because I could sing it. And that's how I became a member of the Subterraneans. Yeah. Well, what did they call their beer? They call them like a tall bud. They were drinking some tall buds. Like the way they said it, it was just like old man, like cool. It was just. Yeah. It wasn't bud. Like just, it was, he didn't just say bud. It was something bud. Because. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Heatwall is going to have to message the, the page on Facebook.com slash Talking Rock in the Basement to uh, let us know. Clarify. Yeah, clarify indeed. Any other good ones on your list, Ben, of bad covers? So um, I'll just run through the last three that I have. Um, another one that they said was bad that I disagree is uh, Alien Ant Farm uh, cover of Smooth Criminal. I actually like that version, that song. I, lo- I love that cover. Yeah. Yeah, bad. yeah they, they were just, I, I think they had a, the writer maybe didn't like Alien Ant Farm. I don't know. Because they were just kind of digging on them. But anyways, um, another one was Britney Spears. She's just not doing so well. Um, I love rock and roll. She did that cover. Yeah. Uh, one can only imagine how awful that was. Um, and then the last one that I have, 
which I think it would be hard for anybody to really cover this one, is uh, Avril Lavigne covered John Legend's, or John Lennon's Imagine. And we saw <laughs> yeah. how well that went with the celebrities. So. Nowadays. Yeah. It's been done, and we wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Right. Uh, that song yeah. just is not very good anyways, so. Yeah. I heard, I second that. I don't like that song at all. <laughs> I was John, gonna... brought up a Britney Spears cover and I Love Rock and Roll, because um, that is actually a cover of a cover, which a lot of people don't know. Um, that So it, everyone knows the version sung by Joan Jett, The Blackhearts, um, but it is actually not her original song. Um, it is a song written by Alan Merrill and Jake Hooker of uh, the band The Arrows in 1975. Um, and it is, it's the exact same song. It doesn't sound any different or anything like that. Same chords. Um, but it was, to me, it was kind of, I had no idea. Um, but she released, uh, she released it um, in like 1979, I believe, on an album. Or it could be 81. But that's one of her like signature songs. Like if you say, oh, like Joan Jett, like people think of, you know, like, I hate myself for loving you. Um, I love rock and roll, um, and that's not her song. And 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 I was trying to look up um, some more information about that process, as far as if there was any communication between the Arrows and Joan Jett. Um, I couldn't find anything. Um, Joan, she saw them perform "I Love Rock and Roll" on TV um, while she was touring in England, and then she kind of fell in love with the song. It is a great song. I highly recommend that all you guys go watch the Arrows perform, uh, uh, sing it, because I really like their version. Um, I mean, it, it, I mean, it sound that like really different. What was that? <laughs> it sounded like Jones's porn browser opened up. It did sound like some porn. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, Chris, Chris, <laughs> are you there, Chris? I'm here. <laughs> uh, the Arrows, is it a female lead singer, or what's the story? Do you know anything? Uh, no, they're all dudes. Dudes? Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, because I'm curious to how that one sounds now. Yeah, it, I, I think it sounds great. I mean, it, she literally, she didn't really change anything. Um, uh, but no, I, I highly recommend it. I really like the sound that they have. Hmm. Well... I'll certainly check it out, Chris. Uh, I know Ben definitely will. Jones, not so much. Yeah. I'll check it out. Okay, I take it back. Yeah, Tom, I expect that uh, that a review on my desk by tomorrow morning. Uh-oh. Well, I, uh, email it. I'm just thinking about listening to uh, Whitey Morgan after this. The uh, go. I'm on Fire version. That's a solid song. I like that song a lot. What about the 78s? You care about yeah, them, too? Yeah, they're cool. cool uh, yeah, they can hang. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I love the cover. I told you I, I was listening to uh, Chad Dukes versus the World, you know, the local radio uh, sports talk DJ. And he plays a lot of good music um, when he's kind of has his intro back from uh, break. And that's one of them that I saw and I just I immediately enjoyed it. I had to uh, Shazam it to get it. And he just sent it to Amongst the Men so they could uh, consume such a great Jones is digging in the cooler for another cold beverage. <laughs> we can oh, hear everything yeah. you do, Jones. I want this. Uh, uh, I like it. Ice uh, so we were talking about Nirvana earlier. Uh, I wanted to mention the MTV Unplugged album that Nirvana did and how they have a lot of covers on there. Um, my personal favorite cover from the album, I'm sure you guys is too, but The Man Who Sold the World, the David Bowie song that... Uh, uh, Nirvana no, covers. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, great. And I also love all the the meat puppets covers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my personal favorite, uh, Lake of Fire. The uh, the meat puppets version is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, because when I first really uh, you know found this album out, I was really getting into it. I was trying to. Listen to all the songs all the time. Then I wanted to know the original band. So I started playing Meat Puppet songs. <laughs> One of the times I was playing Lake of Fire, the Meat Puppets version, in my room. And then Jones walked in. And just such a face of disgust that was on him hearing this Meat Puppets version of Lake of Fire. Fucking awful. Like, yeah, it's, it's as bad as it gets. Um, but nothing against the Meat Puppets, that is. Kirk Cobain was, I guess, a big fan. 
but he also covered uh, or did a Lead Belly song on the MTV Unplugged, and I really enjoyed that one as well. Nirvana, very in right now, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We got to get our smiley face shirts. Yeah, they get our basic ass T-shirts that every thirteen-year-old girl wear, wears. Go to annoying. Target, support yeah. for new love. Yeah. <laughs> Shop local, go to Target. Yeah, yeah, that's how I do. Now we we also talked about Bruce Springsteen earlier. I'm on bring it all around full circle, kind of. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, "Blinded by the Light" cover, Man for Man's Earth Band version, yeah. um, which is kind of, it's just like completely different. Um, so we you know we love Man for Man like they're that just that version just gets you going. And we we've, ch- we've listened to Bruce Springsteen version multiple times, and I just can't really get into it. So that's one of those times that's really cool when the cover is like light years better than the yeah. original. Yeah, I forgot that one. Well, I got to go ahead and put some history on that song. Let us know. So the reason Bruce Springsteen gave that song to Manfred's Earth Band was because he was really pissed at his label and he didn't want them making any money off of them. And so he gave that song to Manfred's Earth Band so that they could make it popular. And that's why that came about. And they also did the song Spirit in the Night. And I like both originals, too. You just got to hear a good one. And uh, I think Bruce Springsteen does a really good version of his own because it's originally his song and you know he wrote and produced that um, yeah i'll have to i'll have to check it out jones you gotta send me the uh the, yeah the good I, I can do that what I were you saying about, chris um his song for you for you i think the uh, man for earth band also covers that one which song chris i couldn't hear you for you for you yeah all right well i'm writing it down um because I think, uh, and John's correct me if I'm wrong, I think they put them all on one album. I, I'm not sure. 100%. They did. They did. It was, uh, I believe it was in 1976, if I'm not mistaken. They we called can't... it the Money Album. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, that's right. I like it. Oh, uh, no, that's good, Tommy. I like that. That's a, a yes. problem. Yes. Finally in the good graces with Jones Ch- again. <laughs> now I can sleep tonight. Um. So, you know, I was reading the, uh, I read Tom Petty's book that I gave to Chris that Chris still hasn't even started yet. Yeah, I'm going to put you on blast, Chris. Some Tom Petty fan you are. Uh, I have no comment. No comment. That's what I thought. But in the book, Tom Petty talks about how he wrote Don't Do Me Like That when he was with Mudcrutch. And he just didn't like it and he couldn't do anything with it. So we actually tried to sell Don't Do Me Like That to Jay Giles Band. Jay, Jay Giles, man, wasn't interested at all. And, of course, uh, Don't Do Me Like That came out on uh, the Damn the Torpedoes album, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And that was when, uh, that's when Jimmy Iovine produced that one. And, yeah. he, and he heard about this story of Tom Petty trying to get rid of this song, Don't Do Me Like That. He was like, what were you thinking? Are you insane? Because it's a hit, you know. It's a, that whole album's full of hits. But uh, So Jimmy Iovine was incredibly happy that Jay Giles refused to offer from Tom Petty. Yeah, Jimmy Iovine's the man. He knows what's up. See, that's one of those times you have kind of an all, almost cover happening. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty interesting. Maybe I'll have to read this book. God, God I got him back, guys. <laughs> how about how about when Stevie Nicks tried to? Uh, how about when Tom Petty wrote Insider for Stevie Nicks, but he kept it as his own? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. Inside. That's a good song. It's, it's that's really one of my. Good. That's I love that. Um, that that's a great one. It's cool because it's like a Stevie Nicks song. Like Stevie asked Tom Petty to write a song for, her. and you know, typically when you ask a, I guess they, this is what they say. I have no idea. When you ask a songwriter to write a song for you, because because you want their sound to be like your sound. You don't want just more of your sound because you can just write that. So yeah. Tom Petty kind of wrote a song for Stevie Nicks, having Stevie Nicks sound in mind. So it ended up sounding like a song she always was interested in. So that's why she loved uh, was stop. She loved stop dragging my heart around because that's a Tom Petty song and that she wanted that like rock and roll heartbreaker sound, which she got on her uh, on that album. The, uh, there's a rule in the heartbreakers. There's no women in the heartbreakers. <laughs> he's like, she's. I wanted to be a heartbreaker. He's like, but there's no girls in the heartbreakers. It's like it's as simple as that. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess we drew a line in the sand. 
It's yeah. so funny though, in that so in the documentary running down a dream, Tom Petty documentary. They interview every you know, all these, you know, major artists and all of them were like, Oh yeah, if Tom asked me to be in it, I'd leave my band right away and, and join right away. <laughs> yeah, everybody except for Dave Grohl. Yeah. He asked he literally asked Dave Grohl to be his drummer and he's like, I can't nah. I gotta, gotta do my own thing. Yeah. But I mean that guy is such a was and what's the word I'm looking for? It's like he's gonna do it his way. And he's a like, perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, he's a genuine like musician, yeah. Well, it's like it's it's like Foo Fighters is his band, you know, and everything goes his way. Like he writes the, all the songs that come up, all the these guitar riffs and stuff. I mean, it's how how band. did he do the demo? He played all of the instruments, you know. Yes, every instrument, so, every yeah, lyric, four, all four track demo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 impressive, but it makes sense. Right. I, I mean, me as a musician, I probably wouldn't want to start a band and try to make him my underling. You know, that's not going to go well. <laughs> Yeah. 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 There's an interesting uh, Howard Stern interview with Dave Grohl, and they're talking about like kind of like the back and forth between him and Kurt Cobain. It's pretty interesting if you guys haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd like to check that out, Chris. You should send it to me. We got a lot of stuff we got to send each other. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, basically, uh, what Dave was talking about was there was no place for him to write songs yeah. in Nirvana, and everything Kurt said went. And that that's respectable, you know, that shows that he knew where he stood in the band. And I, I don't agree with that 100%. I think everybody should have their own part where they could add or take away. But in all honesty, I mean, you're the sixth drummer in Nirvana, yeah. and you're just happy to be there, you know, sitting on that chair every night. So, I mean, when you have an incredible, incredible songwriter such as Kurt Cobain, what are you really going to tell that man? Yeah, it's just like you know. I don't want to compare these two bands, but if I got a you know uh, something that comes to mind for me right away is with the Beatles. Uh, what was Ringo gonna tell John yeah. or Paul that they were gonna be like? Oh yeah, Ringo, that's good. Yeah, he was just like he's like, well, I got a song about octopuses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ringo. <laughs> I loved, I loved like researching that long. I was like, what? How, how did he get like inspiration to write about like this octopus under the sea? Like, he was literally on like a uh, on a family vacation, and then they talked about a hospital or octopuses. He's like, that's pretty cool, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a song. You know, that's how it works. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's why Ringo's my man. Yeah, Big Ringo's cool. great. I mean, yeah, he's he, there's a reason why he got the most fan mail out of any Beatle. Yeah, I always remember on like Simpsons episodes, they always make fun of him. He's like, gotta respond to every fan. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think he did up until pretty recently. Then he started having issues with crazy fans. So we yeah, stopped though. doing it. I think he well, had the, stalkers and stuff like that. Yeah, but the issue I know a lot of them have, which I know Don Felder from the Eagles had, is you like sign stuff and you give your, your autograph. And oh. these aren't just for fans. These are like the autograph poachers. Yeah. Like they, they are trying to just get every member of this band to sign this so they can just make money off. Of it. And the artists don't like that. They like giving autographs and giving their time to like genuine fans and genuine people, not just people trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. There's a yeah. bunch of videos of like, you know, like celebrities being like, dude, why am I signing like five of these? He's like, Oh, it's for my family. He's like, he's like, no, no, it's not like, I know, I know you guys, I know your deal. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's how they say it, Chris. Yeah, every single one of them. <laughs> and then they just like have their head down and just like slink oh, away in the good. back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have any more uh, interest in talking about covers? Cover yeah, I songs? got a lot of. I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 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 stage is yours, Jones. Thanks, boss. So, first of all, this is a great question. I really like this uh, as a topic. And I've seen a lot of bands perform good covers. And I, I was listening to Fred Bear today by Ted Nugent. And it came to me. Um, I used to go see Ted Nugent a lot. I've seen him probably six or eight times. And he used to do a cover. He's real big into the blues. And he used to cover Johnny B. Good. And it sounded phenomenal. Oh. And I love that cover. And... Uh, it was great. It was like, you know, I was seeing Chuck Berry up there. So I really enjoyed that. And then, uh, I mean, Eric Church, he does 
uh, a ton of covers, and he's really good at almost all the covers he does. So I really like that. He keeps it in his repertoire, and he's not doing anything like that would get him on the top eight, you know, that Ben talked about earlier where they were just absolute trash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I I have a, a big respect for covers because you're, you're almost taking a leap out there where you know the song's already been done, so you got to kind of do your own thing, and then you hope the people like it, and you hope the the fans that like that artist that did it uh, did it originally enjoy the fact that you kind of change it up a little bit. And so I like that too. And um, I mean, there's a lot of covers out there I really enjoy, and um, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and scene. Good work, Jones. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. I really appreciated uh, our our man Big D kind of getting this conversation pushing yeah, the right segue segwayed us, man. That's he, nice. He did a really good job. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I guess if there's any uh, anybody listening who actually we love the fan mail. If you actually have good recommendations for topics and that people would be really interested in, I mean, I try to come up as many as I can. What are you saying, Chris? No, I said absolutely. Send them in. Send them in. Topics, stuff you want to talk about. We're open for all kinds of. Stuff talk about of course rock and roll related that's that's in the name goes without question yeah 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 um you know uh and on top of that a couple of things that we were talking about earlier uh i mean we've seen some really good cover bands at the state theater we really have and we were thinking about maybe talk making that a whole uh another episode but i don't, I don't know if there's enough material there but we've seen a lot of good cover bands and I love talking about what bands would make good cover bands. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen really good ones, and we've seen really bad ones. We've yep. seen ones that are decent, and the crowd is terrible. Like you got a pretentious crowd for the uh, sure. scene cover band. Yeah, um, that was bad. That <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, the state, the 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 state theater, and it was packed out, and it reminded me of like standing in a cornfield where everybody was just standing <laughs> still. And like a bunch just of scarecrows, of, yeah, kind of just swaying in the wind. Like arms were crossed, like yeah. So that that's not our fan base. We love Tom Petty cover bands and um, and Bob Seger cover bands. Yeah, I agree with that. I um I got something to add. I just looked at my notes. I used to go to this um this place down in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and they used to have a um a concert series every friday that was with cover bands and it was great and uh, i saw almost queen there when they uh were the largest like um supposedly the best cover band in the nation and they're phenomenal i saw a lot of really good bands there i saw um uh, led zeppelin uh cover band there i saw um, you name it. Bruce Springsteen was a really good cover band I saw there. And it was great because it was an outdoor venue and you could drink there and uh, it, it promoted a really good atmosphere. So that's what I always enjoyed about going there is uh, you're seeing cover bands, you're hearing all the songs you really enjoy and you know, you're in a great atmosphere. So I mean, that's what I like about cover bands in general. I like that they're relatively inexpensive to go see them as yeah. opposed to the, uh, the real thing. Yeah, yeah, a $15 ticket versus a $115 ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, we, well, you know, we're based out of the DMV area, and we have the privilege of having a lot of decent uh, local cover bands, you know, come to bars that we frequent sometimes and enjoy their talents for free. So, yeah, true. True that. Yeah, we're living it up. That's true. Not, not now, not in our, uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to the originals on Apple Music. Tommy originals? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I, I play mine, yeah. Lexi is uh, subjected to those Tommy originals. If, if for those of you who don't know, Tommy's learning to play the guitar. Oh, no, I, no, Tom plays guitar. I'd say that. Yeah, I think you're done learning. Thanks, Chris. I'm finished. I <laughs> you're just stopped, done learning. I just finished learning yesterday, and I'm all set. I can't do much. No need to learn anymore. He's done, folks. Yeah. I'm all set. No, no, no. You, you, you're, you know, you play the guitar, and and you know, I, um, I strum a couple chords. So it's fun hearing about. Hey, I started to learn this this song today, or something like that. Yeah. Got to keep you guys around somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to get. Yeah, got to have some use to us. Yeah, it's true. 
Well, all right, guys. If you uh, again, if you always have any questions or comments, or any questions don't want to end up in the fan mail section, always feel free to contact us at uh, Facebook.com/slash Talk and Rock in the Basement. Um, again, I'm Tom. You can find me at at Tom J Ozio on Twitter and at Tom Ozio on Instagram. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, I am it's that kid Chris on Instagram and it's that kid Chris on Twitter. And we do have an email as well. That is talkandrockbasement at gmail dot com. Ben, are you alive? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I'm Ben. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it. You find him on the streets, or hope you don't. Yeah, it's a big dog. You catch me out here in the streets. <laughs> Jones, uh, how can anybody uh, contact you if you're interested? See me in the streets. The streets, okay. The streets for Ben and um, and uh, Jones, and then the vir- the virtual streets for Chris and I. All right, guys. We appreciate you listening to today's episode. Y'all go on. Have a great day. <laughs>